Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ DeMers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 185, for Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? Did you have a good week? Everything going good in your lives? I finished my Nespresso tour. All done that. And I made uh, a bunch of meal prep, too. I finished uh, I finished yet another game, huh? Look at me conquering the world. Uh, I'm going to wish a happy birthday to one of the best comics out there. Well, who was out there? <laughs> Um, tell you a little bit more about just some of the little hanging I did with some buddies. Uh, what else did I do? Anything else fun? I got my aroma kits that arrived. I'll tell you about them. And uh, I had a buddy over. We tasted some whiskey. So why don't I just get right into it? All right. I'll just talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, like I said, I finished the Nespresso tour. Nothing to report. Fuck. I'm glad it's over. Um, that's all I can say. I'm glad it's over for now. Um, I'm looking forward to some time to myself but like right, right into it, I have gone from the Nespresso thing to having to do a uh, PlayStation five merch. Um, and just to tell you about that, it's really nothing special. I I've done a couple of them with my buddy, Jad. We went to uh, hit up Jad's one of my partners at the Nespresso tour. And we ended up, uh, you know, hitting up some of the, uh, the, the stores we had to do we had to do some best buys and some grocery stores, basically just building like a display that would latch onto the end of a, of a, an end cap or whatever in a store. And with Best Buy, it's just changing the light box signage, which to most people are like, what? Um, but it's basically just the, the overhead logos for the company changing them up. So easy enough stuff. It was just that it started snowing in Ottawa and it made it difficult to, to get around. The traffic took forever because you're basically driving to, you know, the best buys in the city. So it's like, you know, they're not next to each other. Cause that wouldn't make sense. You're driving to different, you know, big lengths of the city to hit the, the different stores in that area. So, uh, took us some time. Forgive me one sec. I got a, I got a big old burp coming. Big old burp. Oh, it's just sitting there. Come on, get out, get out. All right. It's not going to happen. It'll happen when I continue to talk. Excuse me. There it is. There it is. There it was basically felt a crack in my back. <laughs> it came up the old chiropractic chiropractic mouth farting. Um, so yeah, I, I did that, uh, today and, um, and yeah, that was the thing. Well, I say today I'm, I'm, I'm late on this podcast guys. This one's late. This one's a week late. I'm going back in time, but theoretically when this podcast should have been recorded, I, I had all this merching to do. So I was going to do it on the Tuesday when I was done all this stuff, didn't get home until late, was exhausted. And I try not to give you guys a, a low energy podcast. I try. And then sometimes I'm so fucking far behind and, and late getting things done that I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get this thing done. Right. 
I got to get it over with. Got to get uh, all the fun stuff done. Um, so basically I, I did that and I still have some more to do quote unquote tomorrow, AKA three weeks ago. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Two, a week ago, basically a week ago. <laughs> and, um, it's really nothing special. Everyone, everyone's, when's the PlayStation five coming out? When do we have more? I'm like, listen, we just work for a marketing company. That's it. So it was easy peasy. That part's not super interesting and I won't waste your time with it. But, um, one of the things that was kind of cool was we went to, uh, uh, Bayshore, we went to a place. I don't remember the name of the place. I think it's like chili chilies or something, but it's a hot sauce store, um, at Bayshore. So this would have been like the most recent thing here. And, uh, when we were finished, it was sort of in the area and they have like, if you've ever watched the show, Kamar was like guesting with me at one point on this podcast a long time ago. And he had, he had mentioned the show hot ones on YouTube and hot ones is a fun show. Check it out. But hot ones, it's basically like a bunch of celebrities eating increasingly hotter wings and answering questions. Well, this place here has a bunch of the, the, well, a bunch of, it has the vast majority, if not the entirety of the hot sauces that are featured on hot ones. Um, and then a shit ton more as well. So it's a store, just basically it's, it's a hot sauce store, but then they've got like barbecue sauces and things like that. And it turns out that Jack Daniels, uh, has a, a line of like wing sauces and barbecue sauces and things like that. So I actually ended up picking one up and it was like, uh, pop, give me one sec. I'm going to pause it. So I can go grab it. It's across the room. All right. Uh, called historic Lynchburg. They don't call it Jack Daniels. It is a barbecue sauce bottle that looks just like a Jack Daniels bottle. The exact same size, that black and white, you know, iconic lettering and font on the front, but it doesn't say anything. It just says Lynchburg, which is Lynchburg, Tennessee, where Jack Daniels is made. It's gluten-free guys with no MSG, hot and spicy. It's called swine apple, rib glaze and barbecue sauce for those who eat high on the hog. <coughs> I don't know what's going on with me lately. Last couple of days, if I talk for more than one minute, I start coughing. Um, our family recipe was created before the turn of the century. The old folks wanted a distinct flavor and realized that local Tennessee whiskey was the answer. The family is proud of their delicious barbecue, rib, chicken and glaze, sorry, ham glaze and dip and sauce. Um, we are committed to providing the finest traditional old time quality. Blah, 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 blah. We recommend that our glaze be based on the last five to 10 minutes of cooking to allow the flavor to penetrate the meat and then serve hot right out of your smoker or grill. Well, we'll try that swine apple. I was thinking of like putting it on like, um, what do you call it? Uh, like, like chicken tenders or something, something that has like a breading on it, just sort of the toss it in that and get that flavor all over the bread. But I could like, you know brush it onto some chicken or something like that. I don't, did it say chicken? I think it said like fucking ham. Yeah. Barbecue, rib, chicken, and ham glaze. So I'll, I, I put that shit on chicken. I don't know if I tried on a steak because swine apple, I like the idea of the, of the, the, the pineapple taste on a chicken. Anyways, that's what I bought there. I was going to get some wing sauce. Cause I was talking about how, like <clears throat> you see these little bottles of hot sauce and I know that when I like worked in a kitchen or when I've been in the kitchen at, you know, restaurants, stuff like that, they, you know, if they're making wings or whatever, they basically just slather the wings in a sauce, right? And that's going to be a cheaper sauce. You can't, you can't take these little, these little jar sauces, you know, a few ounces or whatever. They're like 12 99 in the store. So there's no way you're dumping that whole bottle in a fucking bowl and swashing or there's not even enough sauce in there to coat you know a dozen wings the way they're coated in restaurants so i'm like so what's the story with these guys i'm like how do they get that sauce on there and they're always like we don't know we just suggest you know people maybe take a little brush and brush it on them or something and i was like 
All right. So like when you ask, like, cause you're watching hot ones, the wings all look the same, but they've got these different sauces on them. So I would almost want to know like, Hey, how do you guys apply the sauces to the wings? Anyways, that'd be a great question to send into the show. But, um, yeah. So I'm like, how do they do this? And then they were like, well, there's wing sauces that you toss. In. And then this is when they showed me the, the wall of wing sauces where I saw the Jack Daniels. I go, oh, it looks like a little Jack Daniels bottle. Look out. Sure enough, Lynchburg, Tennessee. I'm like, oh, well fucking there you go. Easy peasy. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. That was, uh, the Genesis that, and then they're like, oh, and they got some barbecue sauces as well. Isn't that a great tale guys? A great story. But if you like hot sauces, there's, uh, that's definitely something to, to check out as a hot sauce store because there's so many different kinds and, you know, uh, Jad picked up like three or four of them and he got one which called like blueberry hell, which has got like a bunch of blue. I, Simon, my roommate got one one time I tried it out and it was like, it definitely was a hot sauce, definitely hot, but it also had like a very distinct blueberry taste to it as well. So, so if you're a hot sauce, uh, fanatic aficionado enthusiast, uh, definitely check out a hot sauce store because those things are bomb diggity. Um, what else did I do? I did some meal prep. I finished uh, Diablo three. I'm not going to talk about that very much, but it was just a grind. It was a grind and, uh, sitting around killing my time in the non Nespresso hours. I was happy to do that. Let me tell you, cause I, I, I was, I'm, I'm so glad that that that's over. I'm not even going to, I keep saying, Oh, I'm going to talk about it. I, I am talking about it. I'm so glad it's over. My boss has asked me, Hey, do you want to do some stuff on the retail side? But no, no, I'm done with it. Done with it. And even though this week is supposed to be episode 185, I will tell you that I have since been given nothing but tasks and people need an errands run and work has been thrown. I'm, I'm actually going to be hosting at absolute comedy, uh, starting December 2nd till whatever the Sunday is. Let me, let me get a proper date for it. Uh, December, absolute comedy, December 2nd to the 6th, I will be headlining at absolute comedy, which I, I, pushed back real hard and said, no, I don't, I, I really just want a week off. I don't want to be working. Um, just one week, just one week. I was working, right. Um, I was a good bitch out working, earning money. I just want a day where I can wake up, not have, like I sit in my pajamas all day and watch TV and movies or something like that. And I know, but to you guys, it sounds like that's what I do all the fucking time. But in all fairness, I don't, <laughs> I'm out doing shit and I just tell you guys about the parts where I'm sitting around doing fuck all, but I'm efficient. All right. So game playing, uh, McGee, I, uh, I finished Diablo three. I was efficient, uh, bang that out. Another platinum trophy. Only my gamer listeners give a fuck about that, but Hey, I'll move right on. Right. Oh, that's another podcast where guys talk about all sorts of shit. That's super specific into the likes. And that's just, that's just part of me. Right. If you want to know what is Josh Williams doing his non-com hours, I, uh, I fucking bang out video games. I, I read books. I, I visit sauce stores. I sip whiskey. Oh, do I sip on the whiskey? I haven't actually a lot lately because I've been fucking drinking coffee all day, every day that I'm just like, oh, I can't, my liver. Mm. And I buy beer. You know what? I'll talk about that. I, uh, oh, is that this podcast? I got, I got both weeks ahead of me. I'm recording this the Tuesday right before episode 186. So 186 will be out on time, guys. I'll have that one for you right when it needs to be. No, I'll talk about it next week, but yeah. So what else did I do? Um, I was hanging with my, my buddy, Paul Meyerhog. You guys, uh, I did get that episode on on time. So I recorded a podcast with Paul. We had a great time. It was a fun episode. Um, I, I love hanging with that guy. I love spending time with him. So funny, so kind, uh, really just an amazing human being guys. I, I can't recommend checking his stuff out more. 
Um, we went to lunch, which was so much fun. We just went to a pizza joint here in Ottawa, uh, restaurant. We were the only two people in the entire restaurant. So it was great. <clears throat> we even sat socially distanced from each other. So, uh, a lot of fun and we just shot the shit, man. We had, uh, you know, it was great. And I, I'm sure I'll polarize some people with this one, but Paul is like me in the fact that ham and pineapple. Okay. Hawaiian pizza. Number one, his favorite mine too. I will fuck up a Hawaiian pizza any day of the week. Love it. So many people. And I'm certain I have had this conversation on the podcast before, but so many people love to say that pineapple has no business on pizza. Well, to them, I say uh, pineapple doesn't. Okay. Let's, 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 let's fucking address this. All right. You, you got your tastes and you're going to defend them to the death. Well, sweet and salty, a marvelous combination in food. Okay. A lot of people say sweet and salty. Great. Sweet and salty granola bars from nature's path or whatever the fuck it's called. That's a good one, right? Sweet and salty. Absolutely delicious. You know, a little Coke with your fries and your burger, sweet and salty. Let me tell you, pineapple and cheese, sweet and salty, flawless, tried and true flavor combinations. Um, how often do they go? Hey, fungus and salty. You know what I love? Fungus and salty. Do we have fungus and salty mushrooms on pizza is disgusting. If you, <laughs> if you are the kind of person that puts mushrooms on pizza yet says pineapple has no place on pizza, you're a fucking idiot. And I try not to outright insult my people. Now, listen, you can like your fungus on your pizza. And when someone offers Hawaiian, you're like, yeah, sure. Then you're, then you're just a, you're an open-minded person. You're just like, Hey, look, I'll do what works. And I'm, I'm good with that. But if you're one of these mouth breathing, narrow mind, let's, let's go ahead and call you a rubber head. Okay. If you're one of these rubber heads that says salad goes on pizza. Oh, can we get spinach and tomatoes? I know the sauce is predominantly crushed and, and pureed tomato, but can we get more? Can I pay you more? Can I waste one of my topping choices on a thicker version of something that's already on this. Can I do that? Is there any way I can get like green pat? Can I just take like my salad and put it on my pizza? Like onions and peppers and tomatoes and spinach. Can we just put all that on my pizza, please? Cause then I can just eat it and not feel like I'm adding calories are like, it's not like bad for me because I'm like getting my vegetables in it. If you're eating pizza, you're eating pizza. All right. <coughs> it's like having butt sex and asking someone how their day is. Oh, I'm a good person because I'm listening to your day, but I'm also hurting you rectally. That's a bit of a stretch, but I'm just saying, <laughs> hey, no pun intended. But uh, I'm just saying, ultimately, you're, you're a fucking idiot. If you're putting, if you wanted a salad, go a fucking salad. You know, if you're going to eat something debauched, you, are you putting fucking, uh, peppers and tomatoes on top of your pie and your cake, you fucking morons? No. All right. And I'm sorry, but it doesn't, oh, it's a lot nicer with it. Then go have a fucking Tuscan lasagna if you want cheese and, and pasta sauce. Go have that. Stop, stop fucking with pizza. And again, this applies only, only, only to those idiots rubber-headed morons 
<laughs> it's very, this is your first time tuning into one of my podcasts. I'm not usually this aggressive. Uh, there's been times, but this is just that I just think it's so fun. This comes back to my thoughts of the world all the time. Oh, excuse me. The beer, the beer's coming back up. Even the beer's getting fired up here. Um, <laughs> this is only going out to those people who are avidly against pineapple on pizza. All right. So if you have the wherewithal to put other fruits, because apparently fruits are things that have the seeds in the inside. So peppers and tomatoes also considered fruits. Um, but again, you're a moron. You didn't know that. So when people are like fruit has no business on pizza, well, you're already putting fruit on pizza. <clears throat> but the idea that something sweet like pineapple has no place on pizza, sweet and salty, we've already established for anyone with intelligence whatsoever. I've already established that, that sweet and salty is one of the most classic tried and true flavor combinations of any food. Um, it has more of a place on pizza than your stupid salad and your fucking fungus. Okay. So <clears throat> having said that, I had a delightful non-judgmental lunch with my buddy Paul Myra because he, the worldly gentleman, traveled so many countries of this world, been, lived, experienced, absorbed cultures from all over, and was like, you know what? Ham and pineapple is the best. Sweet and salty combination. Amazing. How can you go wrong? How can you, Paul? I second that. I echo your thoughts and your observations, your enlightened vision of pizza. And we sat there, we had a great lunch, crushed that pizza together. Um, and, uh, it was really cool. We, we actually shooting the shit about all these different, um, sort of like TV shows and things like that. Like not talking about shows per se, but just talking about like these different sketches and things like that, like in the different shows in Canada and the types of sketches that certain shows would, would do or, or not do. <laughs> And uh, we got a, a mutual friend, Trent McClellan, who uh, who is one of the cast members of this hour's 22 minutes. Um, and we were like, uh, Paul was saying that he was going to be doing Trent's podcast in the near future. And we were just shooting the shit about all these different uh, sketch ideas, which I'd love to share with you guys, but I'm going to, I'm going to send them off to Trent and see if he has any interest in them and he can pitch them or whatever. And if they become a, a sketch, I'll give myself a little pat on the back someday and go, Hey, I was the, I was the one who came up with that. Um, or, or just, there'll be nothing, but we actually had some really, really cool ideas for, uh, for some sketches and things like that. And we were just ha having, uh, having the underdog pizza. I would say of pizzas, I got to say Hawaiian's the fucking underdog. It's got some fight in it. It's the Rocky Balboa of pizza because it's the one that packs a punch. It's got a lot of fucking heart. Um, it's doing everything right. It deserves to be up there. You know, and, uh, in my opinion, it goes the distance with your fungus salad pizza, your denial pizza, your one foot in one world, one foot in the other world pizza. You want a salad, go a fucking salad, quit lying to yourself. All right. You got bread in your salad. You got fucking cheese in your salad. Go have your fucking salad. All right. Once you pure all puree that all that shit together, you can pour it on a piece of focaccia and you can call it fucking loser bread. <laughs> so stupid. Again. Only the people who just eat everything, good for you. Good for open-minded, worldly, enlightened. Those of you just, I just want, I'm hoping if this, if this influences one of those people, because it's, you know, it's not everyone's personal opinion. You know that one person heard someone say, pineapple has no place on pizza. And they're like, yeah, I'm not really thinking about it or evaluating it. I'm just, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Some people don't like things that keep it to themselves. Not this guy. Not this guy. Oh man, I don't like some. <laughs> I got a fucking audience and a platform. But again, I, I just, I, the amount of times I'm like, like ham and pineapple, my favorite. 
I, you could even switch up. Honestly, you could switch up the meat. Any of the salty meats. You could fucking throw pepperoni or sausage, whatever. In the, but that pineapple, just a nice little fucking blast of sweet in there with all that salty. Works great for me. Does what it's supposed to do. The the Even the citrus and the acid in the pineapple cuts through the fat of the cheese and the meats and everything like that. A proven culinary combination. So just saying, you know, those people who just do it all, I, I respect you. I respect you. You're not bitching about anything, but those people who heard somebody once say pineapple has no place on pizza and lack the, um, experience, the comprehension, the, Hmm, dare I say, uh, <laughs> analytical abilities to just go, well, wait a second, wait a second. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I was touched too many times by someone that I trusted in dark corners of our, of our cottage. And therefore I developed a psychological barrier to being able to enjoy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just laughing at how fucking ridiculous and far I'm going with this, but it's funny to me. I just like, I don't, I just didn't feel like I deserved sweet. You know what I mean? Like that's to me, that'll be the new barometer for someone who has, you know, experienced, uh, you know, sexual trauma or, you know, abuse or something like that. And I'll just, they're just like, I don't like Hawaiian pizza. And I go, hey, listen, it's not your fault. I'll have that goodwill hunting moment with you. Listen, it's not your fault. What are you talking about? It's not your fault. Well, I don't understand. It's not your fault. <laughs> What's going on? It's not your fault. Not you, Josh. Not you. It's not your fault. <laughs> Fuck you, man. It's not your fault. <laughs> All right. I'll have a slice. That'll be that moment guys. And that's, that's how I intend to heal the world going into 2021 is finding the people who don't like Hawaiian pizza. And maybe we'll start regurgitating that right. The next time someone has says pineapple has no place on pizza. I would say your uncle's finger has no place in your ass, but that still doesn't mean it won't happen. Okay. I I'm going to move on from this. <laughs> I could, I could probably go for another 25 minutes on how much I think it's ridiculous for people to say pineapple, not a pizza, but fungus and, uh, veggies. Okay. Make my fucking point. <laughs> it was a great lunch is what I'm saying. And at no point, uh, did, did rape or anything like that come into play, uh, during lunch. So, uh, the views expressed, uh, in the one man podcast are not those of Paul Meyerha and the, uh, pizza place that we were at. Um, I, uh, I did a spot at Friday, uh, at absolute comedy. Um, I think Paul and I can't, can't remember what goddamn day we went for lunch. Um, yeah, we, we, oh, it was the day we recorded the podcast. Sorry. He and I were recording the podcast, went back, linked up with my buddy, Pete, uh, who hasn't been up for a while. And we went to go see the show. We went to go see Meyer high. Uh, you know, I was telling my friends that like, listen, you guys got to see this guy's fucking hysterical. And, uh, and so Peter and I went, we had a table for two. Oh, nice little romantic heterosexual table. And I, I did a spot on the show. It was great. I did one joke, um, but just dusting it off for that. It was a lot of fun. Had a good time. I really, I don't know. I really enjoyed myself. I really thoroughly enjoyed, uh, being back on stage. Had a good time. My home club right here in Ottawa. It was great. Meyerhaut had great. Got another, another buddy, uh, Wafik Nazrella who did a spot on that show. So fucking funny. Wafik was working on some new stuff that I have never heard before. Oh my God, is it funny? And Waf and I were talking and I was like, I got to have you on the podcast soon. He's like, I would love to do it. So may have another guest, uh, another, I guess, interview episode for you guys 
sometime soon. <clears throat> Again, we want to make sure everyone's socially distanced and everything. Like I'm, I'm as much as it might sound like I'm just seeing different people. I'm making sure that the people I talk to, you know, Hey, what, what's been your regime and this and that. And, and they tell me, so if it sounds like they're a little too willy nilly, I, uh, say, Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll do it uh, via zoom or whatever it is. So, um, great, great spot. Great show. It was nice to see my buddy Peter again too. Like we really only hung out during the show and, oh no, he came back to the house with me here afterwards and we had some drinks and shot the shed. It was, it was a good time. It was really, really good time. Happy, uh, happy boy right here. Um, another thing I did, <clears throat> excuse me, actually uh, I'll leave it on the Meyerhoff thing. I, uh, I took my buddy Paul to the, uh, the train station, um, Tuesday morning before I think I believe it was Tuesday morning or Monday morning. And, uh, it was just cool to see him one last time. And it was so funny too, because I've got like this, all this accumulation of stuff I've been buying at Costco. So there's all these like snack foods and things like that. Little just, well, I should not invest in snack foods, but just little travel things. I had these little sesame cracker things, which are like, I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but they're like the little four packs. They're like little sesame kind of like honey syrupy sort of things. It's basically just sesame seeds covered in, in, in a syrup to hold everything together. And then that's it. And they're just little sesame cookie cracker things. Delicious. They're made in Holland. I didn't know that. I thought they were, you know, somewhere here, but no, only the, the Dutch thought of, of just shoving a bunch of sesame fucking seeds together and, uh, and covering them in syrup just to, to, to bond it all together. The old sugar glue. So I, I threw like one of those in a bag for him. I threw, um, Paul's a big reader. So I actually gave him the behind the, yeah, behind the horror, uh, book I was reading. Cause I was like, Hey man, I just finished this this morning. How about this? And he's like, yeah, man, for sure. But I threw a bunch of little snacks in there for him. I threw a yop. I threw, uh, you know, an apple cause he tries to eat good. Right. So, um, so he tries to eat well, eat healthy. Uh, so I threw a, a yop in there, yogurt drink, uh, apple, some of these Dutch cookies. I threw a little bag of, of cookies in there from the, the famous Amos cookies, uh, sandwich in there for him some other shit. I'm trying to think, uh, what else did I put in there? Yeah. Anyways, whatever. I just, I threw a bunch of crap in there for him to, oh, and I made him an espresso in a, in a go cup so he could have that and chuck it out on the train or whatever. It's just a good time for him. You know what I mean? Just a, a nice old thing from a buddy, Paul. Uh, and he was like, oh, that's so great, man. Cause he had like a six hour train ride. Right. So I figured, you know what? Little snacks for you. Here's a book. It was like, I, it was like, I send my little boy off to, to, to school. And I'm like, you know, I want to make sure that you got a full belly when you get there. So anyways, that was, that was fun. It was cool seeing Paul. It'll be a while before I see him again, but, uh, but great dude guys. And I'm going to plug his podcast one more time. The microdose podcast, um, with Paul Meyerha and Damon, Damon Schritter. Um, I was actually doing meal prep and, uh, that's where I was, I was listening to his microdose podcast. So I did that. So, uh, the last day when I was at Costco, the particular Costco that I was at was doing like art artisan bread. So they were doing like, you know, that these nice, they bake their own loaves in house. I was watching them do it actually one day when I was, was there, this big thing of dough, slicing it up, rolling it in, you know, either oats or, or, uh, poppy seeds. And it was a good price. I think it was like two loaves for four bucks. Whereas like you go to the store for like one of these nice loaves, you're paying four bucks a loaf. So whatever, it was a good price. And I was like, oh, this is just nice, good, I believe sourdough bread or whatever. It was just, just delicious looking bread. And I was like, fuck, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get some sourdough bread. So I picked up two of these loaves, but then I was like, you know what? I've also got bagels here and some other stuff. I'm like, I, I have too much bread. So I'm like, I need to do something to prep this. So I made, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I made sandwiches. I, I went out through actually Costco as I was like, I was like, oh, I got a lot of bread already, but it's my last day here. I don't want to come all the way out. This is a far location from where I live. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Mm-mm. So I figured, well, let's make them into sandwiches. I go, I had, um, what did I have? I had a thing of like cheese at home that I'd bought for some other purpose. I was going to, I think I was going to make like breakfast sandwiches and just have cheese or whatever. It was like all this pre-cut cheese, different kinds of cheeses and stuff. So I was like, well, perfect. I've already got the cheese at home. It's already sliced up. Easy peasy. Grabbed some, uh, some, some turkey and some chicken and some ham. And I basically turned the the kitchen into a big production zone for, uh, for making sandwiches. So, um, I, I was toasting the bread because when I make a sandwich, I like it a little, little bit toast, a nice little bit of crunch right to it. And I don't know. I found that if you're making sandwiches, like a, like a bulk amount of sandwiches, um, if you toast them, the bread actually stays better longer. Cause I, I, what I do with them is I, I make the whole sandwich. Um, I didn't put pickles on them. Cause I mean, pickles, I love pickles on my sandwiches, but pickles would have been too wet. So I did buy Boston lettuce though. I bought two heads of Boston lettuce and I was like, this is for some reason, the Boston lettuce, when you put it on a sandwich and wrap it, it stays for like a week without, you know, unlike iceberg, anything that's cut up a bunch is going to get brown and dry and it's got too many contacts with air, but the Boston lettuce is only broken at the bottom. So you get a nice big leaf of that, pardon me, and um, stick that on a sandwich. Oh, look at me, the cooking channel here. Let me tell you, take a leaf, you put it on a piece of bread. I, I was also doing... Um, like this is place uh, near me, which which just has a, what they call a Sherwood sauce, and really all it is is mayo, mustard, and pepper all mixed together. But it but it makes for actually, believe it or not, when it's mixed together, um, it has this really good quality to it. So can't recommend it enough. Just ground pepper, mustard, mayo, mix that stuff all up, and then I was applying that to the bread. So having toasted it first, um got rid of a lot of the moisture in the bread, made it, you know, hold the, the next moisture pretty, pretty gosh darn good. Right. So now I got the toast bread, got my Sherwood sauce on there, cup how with a piece of Boston lettuce, throw the meat down on it, the cheese, whack, whack, and, uh, and, and then wrap it up in saran wrap. And basically I think I made like 15 sandwiches out of the loaves that I had. I probably ate one, uh, during the process, but I just was like constantly boom in the toaster. And then as that's done, I'm, I'm making the sandwich, wrapping it all up. Boom. Next one comes in a toaster bread back in. And I just turned the whole fucking kitchen into this, this production line of making sandwiches, wrapping them all up. And then I stuck them in the, the fridge in my room. And so for a few days, it was really nice. I was basically able to just, you know, if I was hungry, just go to the fridge, grab a sandwich, munch that down. Delicioso. Um, I also bought, uh, oh, I think I'll talk about that in the next episode. It's not here in my notes guys. So, uh, guess not really talking about it, but yeah, um, wicked production line. I was also doing other food prep that day. I did some like pasta that I had, you know, bought some fresh pasta at, at uh, Costco. And that's the thing too, like being stuck in Costco's with an espresso is like every day you're seeing different things go on sale and going, oh, that's a good price. And then buying shit and going, oh, I'm not going to get a chance to make that for a bit. So. I, I did that. I basically made up a bunch of stuff that I, I kind of had purchased and whatnot. So I, I did like this ravioli stuff. I, I blended uh, a pasta sauce that I'd bought, like just a regular jarred pasta sauce, blended the shit of it. I hate, I really don't like the texture of tomatoes. I'm not, a, I'm not a tomato guy, but I do like tomato sauce. I like the taste of tomatoes. I don't like their texture. Uh, there's several textures in a tomato. So yeah, I just, I'll take a spaghetti sauce if I know it's like a thick and chunky sauce. I don't mean, I don't mean thick, like it's a thick puree. I'm saying there's ones that are like thick and then there's big chunks of tomato in it. I will not fuck with that. So I just throw it into the Vitamix, blend the shit out of it 
And once it's like a, you know, a thinner, more, more, uh, consistent sauce that I, right, where the, the texture is consistent all the way through, I'll just throw it back in the jar, knock it up. So I did that. I also threw in some like Frank's red hot sauce and more, more pepper and salt, give it a little more thing. Yeah. And then, and then when I'm done, boom, in the pot with uh, all the ravioli done, 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 delicious into the containers, ready to go. Bang, bang. So that's what I did, uh, on, uh, on the weekend. It was great. Like I said, I listened to Paul's podcast, Microdose. Hey, 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 hey. A lot of fun. Um, let's take a... Oh, I, I watched the movie Black Christmas. I don't know why I watched it. I think I was laying in bed and trying to like fall asleep. And I'm like, I'll watch something. I like horror movies. I've talked to you guys about that in the past, right? I just read Beyond the Horror. And I'm like, oh, Black Christmas. That's one of those, you know, faceless killers, whodunit, who's killing everybody, whatever. And uh, dumbest, one of the dumbest movies I've seen as of late. Um, It was a little... Yeah. Okay. So I'm not one of those guys, like the more I listen, the more intelligent I get about this whole, um, like it's an interesting time for, uh, it's an interesting time for growth as human beings. And by, by that, I mean, like there is over corrections and I think it's part of progress, just how it happens. I've heard other people say it's like a pendulum. It swings too far. You know, when something happens, it swings too far out. And then when it comes back again, it sort of doesn't go as far back as it, as it was originally. So when it settles, it's just the progress is more forward than it was originally, which is fine. But there's, there's that, there's that it swings out too far initially and everyone loses their mind and whatever it is. Um, my thoughts on a lot of these things, like I was listening to my, my buddy, Trent McClellan's podcast, the, the generators, um, today. And he was talking with someone, it was just saying like, they were talking about how, like, you know, when they saw like, uh, three female sports casters on a channel, like, like no males and they're like, Oh, come on. They're putting like women on whatever, you know what I mean? Like Trent transposition was not that, but just saying when you're listening to people that are like, Oh, look at this. It's all women now in the sports. What do they know? But it's like, well, there are three professionals. They do have insights on it. Um, it's not to say that, yes, that's the way it should be, but that feeling that a guy gets um, looking at three women on a panel and feeling like, what the fuck? There's no guys there. Now it's just all women and they know everything. That feeling that you're having as a guy and your first thought is like, well, that's stupid. That shouldn't be that way. What they were describing was like, well, yeah, but that's how women have felt for the longest time. There's all these different things where it's just men on it and women don't feel represented in the slightest. It's, uh, it was actually a great, a great podcast. Like I really, Trent's podcast is always great, but it was the most recent one. And, um, I believe the name of the woman he was speaking to was Christina, but she was super intelligent because one of the questions that she was asked, she's an entrepreneur. She works, uh, designing, you know, medical, uh, equipment and everything like that. She owns a company. They, they grind, uh, they design medical equipment and she was saying this one time someone asked her a question. It's like, what is it like being a female entrepreneur? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I'm an, I can tell you what it's like being an entrepreneur, but like, it's not like I, I was a male entrepreneur and now I'm a female entrepreneur and I can tell you the difference between the two. Like I've only been a, a woman. That's just how I was born. So like, I can tell you what it's like to be an entrepreneur. I can't tell you the differences and everything like that. Like, and I appreciate people who think like that rather like, there's always those people who are like, Oh, my side's got it so much worse than your side has everything. Like you can't, it goes for everybody. You really can't speak to someone else's experiences if you've never had it. 
You can't say what it's like to be black. You can't say what it's white. What is white? What it's like to be white. You can't say what it's like to be male. You can't say what it's like to be female. If you're not, it's a, it's that simple. Okay. It really is. So just live your life, be a good person. And if you're not, whatever the other thing is, shut the fuck up. All right. I just, I think that more people who are trying to look at it fair and, and when you really do try to put yourself into someone else's shoes, you'll understand this. So it's funny to me. Like I said, when you got three female sports broadcasters and guys are going, what the fuck? Look at three women. Oh, they're just trying to put all women. Da-da. Whatever your blah, blah, blah is that feeling that you have is like, this makes no sense. Why is there no guys? Well, that's how women have felt for the longest time. So it's, uh, corrections are being made, things like that, but it's just, it's, I don't know. To me, it's interesting to be a little bit more open-minded with, you know, I think it was, it was just cool to hear intelligent people talk about that particular kind of thing. Even this, this woman, Christina was saying how, like, you know, when she's getting things, she doesn't want to be getting them because she's a woman and she takes a box. She's like, don't give it to me because I'm a woman. Give it to me because my product is the best or my, my business is the best or my approach is the best or my research is the best. Don't give it to me because I'm a woman. I don't want it because I'm a woman. And some people who complain and are loud would happily take it for that reason. They just want it. They don't want to earn it. They don't want to have, and I'm, I'm saying male, female, whatever it is, anybody, anything. That's why I was saying like that year, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, but the year that they, they had like all female presenters at the Oscars, I thought that was pathetic. Um, I didn't think it was pathetic because they're like, like, you know, empowering women. I just thought it was like, I wouldn't want to be on a, an all fat guy episode of something. I don't want that. I don't want to check your box. Just have me on because you, you like my work. You know, I'm not against there being women presenters, but, but, but I'm not proud to be on that episode because that feels like pandering. It feels patronizing or patronizing, depending on how you say it. But that's, that's, I don't, I don't want that. I would never want to be on something because I checked the box and not because of the caliber of my work or my abilities. So, um, that's where I talk about the overcorrection. Well, this year we'll have all females on the, on the Oscars and black lives matter was big this year. So next Oscars will be all black presenters, right? Let's have the most patronizing things ever. And those people who were pretending like they were the, the beacons and, and heralds of change. Um, we'll just pat them on the head and let them be the presenters. And that will mean that you've made a difference. It's so, I don't know. I, I find it moronic, but Hey, what do I know? I'm just a fat guy in a microphone. Let me tell you so, um, having said that, I want to wish a very happy birthday to the, <laughs> uh, one of my favorites, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, the late, great Rodney Dangerfield. His birthday was November 22nd. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Rodney Dangerfield. I was talking to a friend recently who had no idea who that was. And I'm like, that's tragic that you have no idea who he is. So I am going to play you guys some, uh, some of Mr. Dangerfield's work. He was a one-liner comic. One of my favorite Absolutely like one of my favorites, uh, in the business. There's a lot of one-liner guys that are popular guys like, um, well, Henny Youngman is, is very old. He's the, you know, take my wife, please. You know, my wife said, uh, you know, I want to go somewhere I've never been before. I said, Hey, try the kitchen. Doctor says, uh, what is it? Doctor gives a guy six months to live. Uh, couldn't pay his bill. Gave him another six months. So Henny Youngman was a classic one-liner comic. Um, then there's also guys like, uh, Mitch Hedberg you know, famous one-liner comics that, that are more popular today, right? More people know who they were today. But, uh, I think, uh, the main thing, uh, for me, uh, oh, sorry, there's another one, Stephen Wright, another absolutely amazing one-liner comic. Um, 
absolutely fucking hysterical. I'm going to see how, uh, how loud this is gang, but, uh, oh, let's see what we got here. Can we hear anything? Okay. I'm turning it up, turning it up, turning it up. Hey, oops. The little microphone thing is off. I guess there's no sound on the video. All right. Well, that makes things easier. How about this here? We got sound. It's turned. Wait. All right. There we go. Okay. So we got, we got a little bit of, a little bit of Rodney sounds here. So I'm going to share with you guys some of the, uh, some of the best, some of the, the thing I'm, I'm sorry if it blasts quick off on should save your ears, but, uh, but yeah, Rodney Dangerfield, great one-liner comic. One of my favorites. Uh, I'll, I'll put this on for you guys to enjoy. I tell you, I tell you folks with me, nothing comes easy. You know, I can't lose any weight. I tried jogging. I keep running into restaurants. <laughs> No, I tell you, I'm a little uh, upset myself lately. My wife keeps bothering me. I'm putting on weight, you know. Yeah, she keeps coming up with new diets all the time. Well, one week she put me on a grapefruit diet. Yeah, for seven days I had ten grapefruits a day. It ended up I lost four pounds. I got a citrus rash. <laughs> now, but I'm running around. I gain weight back, Johnny. Really? You know what I mean? Hey, you don't eat properly in a road. You're running around all the time, you know, and I... And it's tough to, you know, lose weight when you're all jumping around a bit, you know. And uh, But I was much heavier. I was fat, you kid. I was so fat when I got my shoe shine, I had to take the guy's word for it. I mean, I was fat, I'll tell you that. My doctor, he don't help either. He told me to run five miles a day for two weeks. I called him up. I said, Doc, I'm 70 miles from my house. <laughs> it's another beauty, my family doctor. He told me I need exercise in the right climate. Then he told me to run to Arizona. <laughs> Doctors say all kinds of exercise is great. You burn up uh, energy, you lose calories. I mean, sure. in fact, doctors say when a man likes, makes love to a woman, he burns up energy, he loses 150 calories. I made love to a girl once, I lost even more. I lost 150 calories, my watch and my wife. <laughs> I mean, where I come from, I was a kid, you had to eat. You had to be big. Every day there was a fight. And you had to fight. Even if you didn't want to fight. You had to fight to get out of the fight. <laughs> and sometimes we used to bet in a fight. If the guy we bet on lost, then we beat him up. <laughs> I tell you, I can't relax. My kid drives me nuts. The other day I told him, I said, you're young. You don't have it upstairs. He told me I'm old. I don't have it downstairs. <laughs> Getting old, 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 Johnny. Huh? I told my wife I want to die in bed. She said, again? <laughs> Getting old. I'm not a kid anymore. I know I'm getting old. In Vegas, I played a slot machine. Three prunes came up. <laughs> I know I'm getting old. I'm at the age now. If I hear someone goes both ways, I figure it's number one and number two. You know? <laughs> I'm not a kid. I'm getting older, Johnny. I'm yeah. getting older. You kidding? I took a vacation, went to Mexico. I got the walks. <laughs> Can't get girls anymore. You kidding? Uh -huh. Now, at my age, you become a hooky. <laughs> no, you kidding? My age to me, the daily double is prune juice and an enema. <laughs> my last birthday cake. I couldn't blow out the candles. The heat drove me back. <laughs> You get older, it's tough to get girls tough. I think mean, the best thing to be is bisexual. Then oh. you got a shot on everybody. <laughs> oh, I know I'm getting old. If I squeeze into a parking place, I'm sexually satisfied. You can... <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore. I'm getting old. Yeah. I know I'm getting old. Well, my last birthday kick looked like a prairie fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. I know I'm getting old. At my age, I want two girls at once, you know. Yeah, if I fall asleep, they got each other to talk to. <laughs> and I tell you, I can't relax, you know. My dog drives me nuts. My dog. He wants me to mate him. I wouldn't mate him. Let him go through what I go through. <laughs> I mean, last week was rough. Are you kidding? Last week I looked up my family tree. Two dogs were using it. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, it was different. I had it rough. When I was two years old, my parents got a dog. And I was jealous of the dog. 
so they got rid of me. Uh, my wife, I got no sex life. The dog keeps watching me in the bedroom wants to learn how to beg. <laughs> I told him to watch my wife and learn how to roll over and play dead. <laughs> now, I tell you, it's tough to stay married to my wife. How do you think I feel? She kisses the dog on her lips and she won't drink from my glass. <laughs> Sorry, I was a little late getting here tonight. You know, my dog, he started trouble again. I mean, I got a dog, he tries to run the whole house. Well, the other night he started trouble. He went over the front door, he started to bark. I went over, I opened the front door. The dog didn't want to go out, he wanted me to leave. Well, my dog, too, she gives me trouble. Your dog? Uh, yeah, I got a female dog, you know. I tried to mate her, she wants 50 biscuits. <laughs> and I tell you, I got a dumb dog, too, my dog. We call him Egypt. Every room he leaves a pyramid. <laughs> Are you kidding? I know I'm ugly. My dog found out we look alike. He killed himself. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I got two kids. Got two. I love my yeah, kids. Yeah, you know, I know I that. Kids, of course, but our boy gives me trouble lately. Yeah, really? He's at the age you now he copies everything. He sees something, he copies it, you know. This oh. kid imitates everything. Yeah. That's why we got rid of the dog. You all right? Oh, yeah, my wife can't do nothing right. She can't cook. The worst cook in the world. Gave my kid alphabet soup. He spelled out help. <laughs> What a lousy cook. I mean, how can toast have bones? <laughs> She's a lousy cook, too. She can't cook at all. I leave Dental Force in the kitchen, the roaches hang themselves. <laughs> and I tell you, my wife, she can't cook either. My house, we pray after we eat. <laughs> I bought a pressure cooker. Now I eat off the ceiling. <laughs> what a lousy cook. I don't think meatloaf should glow in the dark. <laughs> I mean, if she can't cook at all in my backyard, the fire's chipped in to fix the screen door. <laughs> now, I tell you, my wife, with eating is always problems. She's a strict vegetarian. In fact, when I met her, she was grazing on the front lawn. <laughs> I mean, she can't cook at all. She made chocolate mousse and antler got stuck in my throat. That's really annoying with my wife, the way she serves a meal. Serves badly? Serves. No. I mean, you put down a steak. How do you forget the plate? <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, everybody. I, some of you might felt like that went a little bit long. I fucking love the guy. So funny. I tell you, you know, last week, my proctologist, he's talking, what does he say? He goes, yeah, I know I'm ugly, you know. Last week, my proctologist stuck his finger in my mouth. Such a fucking great act. I used to date this fat chick. I tell you, she was fat. How fat was she? She was so fat, she used to wear a wristwatch on each arm, you know. She took up two time zones. Uh, yeah, one of my favorites to watch, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, jeez. And he was he was in a lot of movies, too. He's in a very famous movie called Back to School, uh, Caddyshack, some remember. And that was like one of his big breakthrough roles where they started putting him in a movie I loved. One of the first things I saw before I even knew he was a stand-up comedian was the movie Ladybugs with uh, I think Jonathan Brandis, I believe. And uh, yeah, great, great movie. Great movie. Oh, my God. Great movie. Uh, what else we got going on here? Uh, there we go. What did I say? One of the best, please. Yep, yep, yep. Did all that. Crossing it off the list here, guys. Oh, we are banging through this episode. Look at that. 45 minutes in, according to this. Um, I got my aroma kits from uh, Scotland. That was a little annoying. A little annoying. So um, I'm a whiskey guy, as you're aware. I've given you guys all sorts of info in the past. Um, there is a thing about smelling whiskey or wines or anything like that, where like you'll, you'll, you know, read a bottle and it's like, oh, aromas of, you know, dark fruits and apricots with nuttiness and, you know, smoke and vanillas and charred oak and things like that. And you're like, how the fuck? And you smell it. You're like, oh, it smells like alcohol. 
smells like burning smells like, you know, or sort of, it smells like sweet and smoke and that's it. Like, so the idea is that, you know, it, until you've developed the patterns in your head, until you know what something smells like, it's your brain's just going to kind of, uh, categorize it as what it understands best. And, uh, your brain may only understand, you know, burning or alcohol or gasoline or whatever ethanol or, or whatever it's smelling. So in order to build up those, those, uh, patterns in your head, in order to know what those things taste like, you need to have a, a, a point of reference so that you're not just like everything's like gasoline or whatever. So the idea with these aroma kits, uh, I got two of them. There's one that they have, uh, the aroma Academy is in Scotland and they have these different nosing kits. They've got one for, uh, whiskey in general, which I think is more pertaining to scotch, um, Scottish whiskeys or, or a very broad brush of most of the things in regular whiskeys. And then there's like a bourbon box, which has more of like orange peel and, and vanillas and caramels and things like that, that are more predominant towards bourbon. So my two favorite, like there's no rye box cause rye is kind of very distinct smell, just kind of spice, 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 spice. Um, but there's one for wine. So if you're someone who enjoys wine, then there's an actual aroma kit for wine where they'll have like, you know, pencil shavings or dark fruits like plums or lime and stuff like that. Um, as a matter of fact, just for fun here, I'm going to hit pause. I'll let you guys know what's in the, the, uh, wine box just for fun, just for fun. Well, the results were pictures. It doesn't actually have the list of what it is. So there's like a lot of different fruits, apricots, uh, asparagus, green apples, berries, currant, butter, wood, citrus, orange peel, you know, and then there's a picture of a bird. So I'm assuming it's pheasant or something. <laughs> These weird like onion things. I don't understand. There's cut grass, green peppers, honey. And then there's just a picture, bunch of pictures of cows. So is it like what? Methane, you know? Prairie, is that a smell? And then there's like pears and the fuck is that? Oh, mint. Is that mint or basil? Anyways, it's just an aroma kit. So you can smell them. Pineapple, rose, toast. It's a piece of toast. So is it like what? Toasted bread? Vanilla. Is that lilac? Uh, I don't recognize that flower. It's a purple flower, but it's not a lilac. And then you know, cut wood or something. I don't know. Anyways, the idea is with is I got two of the aroma kits. They were expensive. I would say all said and done by the time they were landed. And of course I order them and then I get hit with this customs charge. Like I get an email a couple days later saying, Hey, the customs on this is 50 some dollars. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So each box all said and done $200 a piece. But um, if you're an enthusiast like me, that's, you know, I could spend that on a bottle of whiskey. So the idea that these are things that are going to, uh, allow me to help train my nose and smell the different aromas and things like that and build those strong patterns distinctly. So as much, cause one of the things I have an issue with is when I smell the ones in a bourbon, bourbon's got a lot of caramel, a lot of honey, a lot of vanilla, right? A lot of butterscotch. And those four things to me, like as much as I could smell vanilla and go, oh, okay, it smells like vanilla. You know, sometimes it's hard to distinguish honey from caramel to butterscotch to vanilla because they're all those sweet sort of same vein kind of things. Um, so having these things like this is allows you to, to more distinctly be able to pick things out. Same with like having the orange peel and it's not like you smell something and it's got one scent. That's what's so marvelous about whiskeys is, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second when I, you know, talk about my, my whiskey tasting with body, Aaron is you, there's so many layers of, 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 uh, 
of like of, of smells and aromas in a whiskey versus a you know a vodka what does it smell like it smells like burning it smells like ethanol really it smells like ethanol uh rubbing alcohol um you know what i mean it just smells like alcohol so it's uh it's nice to be able to build those patterns i'm looking forward to oh here come the yawns there you go angie my pal angie's always like she laughs her ass off and then starts counting how many times i'm gonna yawn an episode we're at that point we're at the old Yonarino point. Well, I'm going to get this episode done. I'm going to get the next one done too. By God, have it back on track and be back on time for my onesies. Because I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Um, so yeah, anyways, I'll, uh, I'll tell you guys more about this. I've not had a chance to actually sit down and start smelling them and everything like that, but I've got all these whiskey training courses and tasting courses and things like that. I've got enough whiskeys here that I can sit and pour myself some different ones and, and make little notes and, and whatnot. So I'll read the books that came with it and, uh, and have myself a nice little whiskey adventure sometime soon. Uh oh, number two, number two. I got to I got to switch from beer to coffee now. Um, so yeah, I'll tell you guys more about that when there's more to tell. And then finally, my evening with my pal Aaron, Aaron Demel, good buddy of mine. He's the one we went to uh, during during COVID. Him and I drove to Montreal to pick up a couple bottles of Ardbeg. Ooh, one of the distilleries I visited on the lovely island of Isla. God, it's good whiskey. Son of a, another one with just fucking layers of flavors. God damn it. Um, and I haven't even opened my bottle of Yugadale. I, I drank it purely on the island, on the Isle of Isla. And I would fucking go back. I'd go back again and ask questions and God, I would spend a week on that island and every day just fucking fanboy out at a different distillery. There's a new one there and I keep forgetting the name of it, but it's like brand spanking new. I don't even think that they're, they're shipping internationally yet. Uh, like, or, or at least overseas, maybe they're, maybe they're shipping, you know, Europe and whatnot, but I know that the seven on Isla, I'm going to get the easy ones out of the way, right? The, the three I went to Lafroig, Lagavulin and Ardbeg. Then we've got Colila, we've got Bamore and Brooklatic and Buna Habane are the seven distilleries on Isla. And then there's the eighth one there and this actually no i think there's nine there bunahabain uh, uh for fuck's sakes all right we're back to googling distilleries how do i spell this how do i spell this i'm spelling it right distilleries on isla and this will give me the new one too not osla isla distilleries on isla distilleries on isla.com hey we got nine. I knew it was nine, not seven. Okay. Ardbeg. Okay. Ardnaho is the new one that I was thinking of. Okay. So Ardnaho. So there's nine. It was eight, eight that I was thinking. Like I missed, uh, the one that I missed was Kilkeman. Okay. So Kilkeman's on there, but I was right. Lafroig, Lagavulin and Ardbeg. Then there's Bomor and Brooklatic, Kolila. Um, Brook, yeah. Ardbeg, Ardnaho, Bomor, Brooklatic, Bunahabane. Kolila, Kilkeman, Lagavulin, and Lefroig. Uh Closed distilleries. Oh, this hurts. This hurts me heart. Uh, Ard- Ardmore is, is closed. Lockendall, Port Charlotte. So like the big one, if you can get your hands on a bottle of it, know that it'll be worth, <laughs> worth a lot of money. Although I have heard uh, whispers. I've heard whispers uh, that Port Ellen will reopen, but Port Ellen distillery, that's where we landed on the ferry. And then you just drive up the road to Lafroig, Lagavulin, and Ardbeg. But, uh, oh, Port Ellen makes me sad. 
makes me sad that they're closed. Anyways, um, I, I heard that there was absolutely outstanding whiskey from Port Allen and you can still find bottles with the LCBO, but they're like five, $6,000, you know, but, uh, Hey, Hey, Hey. All right. So love to go back and <laughs> love to fucking taste some more of that great shit. Anyways, Aaron and I, a couple of, couple of whiskey fucks and, um, and Aaron was like, Hey, you want to, want to do some, you know, taste some whiskey. We'll sit down, have a drink. What happened was he actually found me a bottle of, uh, Centauri whiskey. It's uh, it's Japanese whiskey called Habiki. Uh, Japanese harmony. And it is a very, very nice Japanese whiskey. J- Japanese single malts are, I don't want to say underrated because the people who know definitely, definitely praise them. But if you're somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on a bottle of scotch and you're like, oh, I'm not going to fucking buy Japanese whiskey. Japanese whiskey has its roots in Scottish uh, whiskey making. And a lot of them single malts and things like that. And the, a lot of the people that, so for what it's worth, my favorite, my favorite whiskey, Laphroaig, uh, and, and pretty much a close second is, is Lagavulin and just about anything that comes from Isla. That peat taste in a scotch makes my pecker hard. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> uh, but, but the Laphroaig is owned by, uh, Beam Centauri which happens to be the same place that owns Centauri whiskey, the Habiki Japanese harmony that Aaron picked up for me, 130 bucks a bottle and what a whiskey it is. Um, and beam Centauri beam. You're like, Oh, beam sounds familiar. Yeah. Jim beam. How about that? Beam Centauri. So the Centauri company and Jim beam are owned uh, together. It's one company now beam Centauri. And, uh, they, they's a big whiskey powerhouse. Let me tell you. I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're bigger than Diageo, but, uh, but they's big. They's goddamn big. And, um, yeah, so, so Centauri whiskey, if that tells you anything, uh, Habiki Japanese harmony. So Aaron brought, uh, Aaron found a bottle. He reached out to me. He's like, Hey man, I found a few bottles of this at the store here near my place. Do you want me to pick one up for you? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. I haven't been able to find it for a while. We were going to drive all the way back to Montreal to get our hands on a bottle. So I'm glad that we had it locally right now. And, uh, what else? Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. Try, I was trying to, I was going to, I was just going to just let the yawn play out with it breathing it in your ears, but I'm like, you know what? Then there might be too hang, too much hang time. I don't know about you, but I listen to podcasts and stuff when I'm cooking and whatnot. And like, if there's like uh one or two seconds straight of silence, I immediately like go to look at my phone to see if like the thing paused itself or if I'm getting a call or something like that. So, um, anywho, the, um, he came over with that and he also brought me a couple other Japanese whiskeys that he managed to get his hand on hands on, sorry. And we, uh, I'm trying to remember what, what it was that we tasted because we were drinking all sorts of different stuff. Um, we had, uh, what was called, okay. So there's two different ones here and it's from the Nika, Nika whiskey company in Japan. Um, N I K K A, but the way, um, the way they have it categorized at the LCBO is not, uh, is not Nika whiskey. They have it called it. So, um, we tried two different whiskeys from the Nika whiskey company. There's one called Yoichi single malt and Miyagikyo, uh, single malt, the Yoichi W O I C H I. If you can get your hands on a bottle of it, get it. Um, I have since, uh, got one. Um, it's funny. My mom's like, I don't know what to get you for Christmas. I want to eat you a bottle of whiskey. And I was like, listen, I just tried this shit. That's fucking fantastic. Uh, if you want, she's like, if you know where to get it, you know, just I'll send you the money now, pick it up. She's like, I'd wait, I'd wait to get it to Christmas, but I don't know what it is. I also don't want her going out to the busy stores and stuff this time of year. So she was just like, look, if that's what you want, I'd be happy to get you a bottle and we'll call it your Christmas present. I was like, Hey, I am down with that. So I got my, my hands on a bottle 
fucking so happy. I won't be opening it for a while, but Aaron and I drank it, uh, courtesy of him. Big, big thank yous for that. Um, it was great. The Yoichi, uh, single malt. So there's two of them. There's the Yoichi and then there's the Miya, uh, Miya single malt. Now they have another one available from Nika, which is basically a blend of the two, the blend of the Yoichi and the blend of the Miya Gikyo, but, uh, it's cheaper than both. So if you buy the, the two, I just mentioned, there's basically a blue and a purple bottle. You guys want the blue one. All right. That's my suggestion. The blue bottle and the purple bottle, both $93. Um, but the black bottle, which is a blend of the two was like 80 and I'm like, well, how do you blend the two expensive ones and get a cheaper one? So I was, uh, Aaron and I were, I went out as I'm like, oh, I'm going to get one of those ones. I, uh, you know, and they have it, uh, there's one box close by. So we drove out, um, to see it. And when I got there, they didn't have it, but they did have like, they're like, are you here? Like, I'm like, I'm looking for a whiskey. And they're like, are you here for the, the Michter's 10 year old? And I'm like. No. And they're like, oh, cause we've had like so many people calling cause we got like the last couple bottles in the, in the area. And I was like, well, I'm familiar with Michter's and I, it's got an ins- unbelievable fucking reputation. So give it to me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'll take it. $210 for the fucking whiskey. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, you know, I kept the receipt. No, I, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to trying Michter's. Their regular stuff is $90 a bottle, um, but it is a very well-respected, very, uh, very good whiskey. Bourbon. Bourbon. My bourbon shelf is bigger than my scotch shelf, but of course, bourbons are easier to come by than than scotch, especially with price tags. Um, But fuck, I'm a happy boy, guys. Um, I think if I'm going to be stuck back under a lockdown again as these numbers keep climbing... I can pour myself a little dram of this nice stuff and and sit and read a book and just sip. That's the thing too. I don't know if I've, if I've ever misrepresented this. Um, but, but I don't, uh, I don't drink a bottle of whiskey in a sitting. I don't drink half or a quarter of a bottle. I pour myself an ounce and I will take an hour to just smell and sip that and enjoy it. Um, the, the Yoichi single malt that Aaron brought, I can say this with confidence, um, no exaggeration. I have never smelled a whiskey for so long before sipping it. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm going to, I'm going to move my mic and sit back in my chair to take you guys on this aromatic journey that I went on. So again, like when people are smelling something, you know, I don't know. Some people think it's pretentious. I, I, I don't have any intention to be pretentious. I don't, I don't whiskey shame or anything like that. I don't, I don't pretend I'm better. I, it just happens to be something that I kind of got into through marketing and, and ending up with a few bottles in my hand. And then before and then I'm like, okay, well now I got all these bottles. I guess, I guess I got a whiskey collection. I may as well learn a little bit about it. And what's the difference and what do I like? And what do I, not? and it's just kind of a cool hobby. I I'm not uh waist deep in it. Like I once was. But, uh, but Hey, this time of year, someone's like, what can I get you? What do you get for the guy who has everything? Huh? Fuck uh, wh- whiskey. Go find, I'll, I'll, I should, I should register. I know I'm never gonna get married or, or have kids or anything like that. I, I'd love to, but so that's how it feels right now. It feels like I'm never gonna, never gonna find that special someone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would definitely register at a fucking, at the LCBO just have a list of whiskeys. Josh would like, uh, you know, we'd like to get him something. Well, he's already got this one. Here's, here's the list of stuff he doesn't have because man, oh man, do I like me some whiskey and the fucking science and tradition. 
Anyways, the whole idea is that there's like very few ingredients in an actual whiskey, right? A lot of the flavors and smells and stuff like that, like it's coming from the air that breathes into it and everything like that. So it's just, it's just unbelievable to me, the smells that you can find in a whiskey and they're not there. You're not, when you smell orange, you're not right. There's no orange in it. There was never any orange added to it. You know, sometimes if you smell sherry, then yes, there's a little bit of sherry in it, usually from the barrel, you know, so it'll take characteristics. Same with oakiness. It's like, yeah, it's taking those characteristics, but, and same with peat, right? Like that, that peat smoke is from the process of, of being peat smoked. So there's some things that are there, but then there's like, when you're like, oh, it's dark fruits. There's no, it's not a wine. It was never made with dark fruits. It was never made with grapes or anything like that. That just happens to be the way things are coming together. Sometimes the salty brininess is from the sea air of where it was, you know, like the Scotch whiskeys, whereas like, you know, the, the, the heat and the, the, the dark color, all that coming from the wood, um, Again, for anyone who knows their whiskey, there's, there's a few places in Scotland that are allowed to put a little bit of caramel coloring in to give it a darker look. Um, not caramel flavoring, just caramel color number, whatever, I think like number seven or whatever. But, uh, the idea is it's just, it's so cool to me. Like the, they will not allow you to do that in, in America. So the, the color that you see, if it's labeled, you know, Kentucky straight bourbon or straight bourbon aged four years and they, they, they are not legally allowed to call it that if they've put coloring or anything like that in it. So those colors are coming from the aging process and everything like that. Oh, just staring at the fucking shelf. God guys, there's some good goddamn bottles up there making me thirsty. Anyways, this, uh, this Yoichi Japanese whiskey, um, it's a single malt. So malted grains, single distillery. But I smelled this for so long. I just, just fucking glass in hand, smelling, smelling back and forth, the different nostrils, just which one's less clogged up than the other. And you're doing a lot of like in and then out and the, you know, just clearing them out afterwards, just getting these smells in. But I got to tell you guys, um, I didn't smell any smokiness. They were saying like, I think they said a little bit of peat or whatever it was. Ah, for fuck's sakes. Let me, let me read you the bottle. I think I've paused and whoop, <laughs> bang the bottle into the mic. Not drunk. Um, <laughs> I think I pawed. Oh, the label's all goofy on this one. There, that's better. Um, yeah. So by the Nika Whiskey Distilling Company, LTD Limited in Japan. Distilled and matured at Nika Hatakorochi Distillery. Uh, it actually says it exactly like that. Okay. So that's what it says. Yoichi single malt. This is a single malt from the Yoichi distillery. Nika's first distillery built in 1934. The founder Masataka Takatsuru chose Yoichi in Hokkaido because of the similar environment conditions in Scotland where he learned whiskey making. Yoichi single malt has pleasant peaty notes. I did not find any, any notes of peat whatsoever. And peat's one of my favorites and smokiness, a little bit of smoke. Originating from the traditional direct coal filtered distillation, as well as a briny hint delivered by sea breeze during the aging process. That's all it says. My experience with Yoichi was this, uh, the, the note that was the strongest for me in it. Like, I guess, yeah, it smelled like alcohol, but that wasn't even the main thing of it. Mm. Oh, I wish you guys could see me right now, laying back in my chair. My mic's still right in my face because this great music stand that I use, but oh man, sorry, just wiping the dust off it. Uh, <laughs> the, um, 
man, was that ever a good whiskey. The, the note that I was getting was like, it was sweet, but it was so light. Like it was such a light sweetness. And I feel like, cause I, I got the note later, like a different note. So this is what happened. I was smelling. I'm just like, oh fuck. It's so sweet. Sorry. I'm swinging my arms and I'm hitting the stand here. Um, it was such a sweet note and I don't mean like intense sweet. It wasn't like, like caramel or anything sweets that you normally find in like bourbons and stuff. It wasn't, uh, it, I didn't find it to be particularly fruity. I wasn't like, oh, this is apricot or plums or any of these kind of things. I've, I've since, so this is what I was, doing. I was talking with Aaron. I was like, it's like floral. It smells like, like fresh flowers, but it's not, it's too sweet to be floral, but I go, but it's not like, it's almost like honey, but honey is a heavy, thick, sweet smell. And this is, it's too light to be honey. It's too sweet to be floral, but it's somewhere right in between like this sweet floral taste. And eventually I was like, you know what it's like is like when you take a, a lilac and you pluck it and you suck the nectar out of it. It's like, well, that's what it's, that's almost the smell that I'm getting. And that sweet note when I taste, it's almost like there's a, a nectar taste to this. And I was like, he was like, really? And he was smelling. He's like, yeah, I, I can see like a neck, like a sweet nectar sort of smell to it. So light and, and thin and fresh. It was this fresh sweet. I don't know how to, I know that sounds probably crazy, but I was just like, I, and I just was smelling, 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 trying to put my finger. I'm like, oh God. And after we had drank it for a bit, that's when I was like, yeah. And just go back to just smelling. And I'm like, Jesus, so good. But now since now here's the thing, since I've seen some notes and I saw like a pear note and pears have a, a, a light, sweet smell kind of nectary. So the only issue is that I wish I'd had like a pear with me and been able to like, you know, cut and taste and smell the pear and then kind of go back to it. So I would say if, if I had to pick a fruit, if nectar wasn't a, a right thing, I would say a, a nice light, sweet pear would probably be the closest uh, smell and taste to this, but fuck, am I, am, am, am I ever thrilled to have a bottle of this stuff? And, uh, and was it ever good? Was it ever good? Big thank you to, to Aaron for bringing it over. We drank this, we drank the, uh, purple bottle. The other bottle was like more, um, it was, uh, sherry aged in sherry barrels as well. So it had that sort of sherry finish and everything like that, which normally I like, uh, but between the two, this one seemed sweeter. So for one that isn't aged in sherry and one that is, uh, this guy was, uh, was I, I, I clear front runner the, uh, Yoichi over the Miyagikyo M I Y A G I K Y O uh, single malt. So happy, happy guy gang. Uh, had a great time, Aaron. Thanks so much. We also drank, um, we actually, I went out and got us some cigars that day. So Aaron and I were out in the front. We had played around with some different whiskeys. I, I tapped into my, uh, bourbon infinity bottle, which has just an amazing blend in there. Um, but we drank the two Japanese whiskeys. We drank a Gooderman and Wart's rye. We had some bourbon from my infinity bottle. Um, I think that was all that we, oh, and we had a little bit of a, of a Lagavulin eight, eight year old. So just a great time all around, smoked some cigars, shot the shit. It was just cool to see my buddy. And, uh, and I think we got some McDonald's because <laughs> we were, we were been drinking. And so we're like McDonald's, we're making bad decisions. Uh, great, great time. All right, gang contact at one man Send me anything that you want to know. Send me your thoughts on pizza. Send me your thoughts on 
on whatever it is. You know me, I'm uh, I'm really digging to hear it. That would be an amazing early Christmas gift from my listeners to hear what you guys have to say about anything. You know, I'm always happy to hear from you. Um, you guys have a wonderful week. I look forward to talking to you again soon.
Take care. Bonne nuit.